Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the podcast that is exactly the same every week. Guess what my name is? My name is Steve Hogan. I was about to guess that, actually, but you've you've ruined that. Who are you? You don't know the rules of the guessing game, but if you were to guess my name, what would you say it was? I, I am sorry, I haven't a clue. Well, it's John Blythe, but you can call me Log. John Log Blythe, I'm Matt Lees, and today I'll be doing a little feature about what if Will I Am, the popular pop-pop singer, was actually a penguin. Imagine, I, I mean, it's difficult to imagine, but I'm going to try and walk you through that one step at a time. And my feature this week is what if you were a Japanese loss adjuster in the most recent of Godzilla's rampage attacks? And it's yeah. not half as racist as the title makes out. It's not racist at all, actually. To believe that but Japanese why, people love insurance. Why are you saying the word racist so much, Steve? Because even in the last episode... Go- Godzilla lives in Japan. It's likely that his... Exactly. Lost adjustments were by a Japanese person. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I'm I'm beating myself up. No one's going to buy Godzilla so insurance if they live in America. Exactly. That's just dumb. Well, in the most recent film, didn't you go to Manhattan and some of the other films? Oh yeah. And my feature is about the first chapter of a thrilling new sci-fi caper called Quantic Meridian in the Wet Metal Zone forty-five forty-five. That's good. You are listening to Quantic Godzilla Penguin. Matt, did you say what your name is? Matt. I think Please. I, I think I did. Did you? Well, I wasn't paying attention. I was just waiting to speak. <laughs> Classic. I like a regular feature. You like a regular feature too. Regular regular feature Malfunction. Malfunction. That's, is that better? No, you get yes. closer. Just so we can tell. Hey, like, that sounds good. Chronic. Very good. And how am I sounding? Am I you sound. Good? You sound good. That's fine. Chronic. Good. Chronic means good now. That's. I. I just really did that with chronic. Oh, it's did gonna, you? It's gonna like, catch on. Like bad. Oh, that's chronic. Oh man, that's <laughs> never gonna get better. It works. Bad forever. Yeah. No returns. <laughs> wow, that's like the, the ultimate cool <laughs> thing. That's never going to stop being totally wicked bad. Ah, and thanks. That's 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 me. So in the year twenty fifty, when it's common usage, then just credits chronic. Yeah. And now it's time for Steve's regular feature. You are a Japanese loss adjuster. Can you negotiate the insurance claim on the damage wrought by Godzilla's penis? Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, there's a new Godzilla film out at the cinemas. Is it any good? It's called Shin Godzilla, and it is really good. It sort of goes back to the actual original Godzilla, man in a suit tromping around, and makes a geopolitical satire of it, um, while having quite schlocky but realistic man in a suit Godzilla effects. Oh, so it's like man in a suit Godzilla penis. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like tiny model cities and then the man in the suit stomping around. Yeah, it's more like like good CG, but the kind of Godzilla, they didn't. They didn't make him look like a big dinosaur. They made him look like a Power Rangers monster, but like realistic. So right? Is it good. better or worse than Hannibal from the A Team when he smokes a cigar through a hatch in a dinosaur suit in the opening credits of the A Team? <laughs> I haven't seen it, so this is why I wrote my feature. Oh. I is this what you're doing like, instead of reviewing films now? Writing features. Yeah, I think it's a better use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> why should I watch it when I can just make something up about it? Yeah, man, City AM needs more creative responses instead of actual reviews. <laughs> well, this is a choose-your-own-adventure, boys, in which you play the role of a Japanese loss adjuster. 
in the ruins of Tokyo. <laughs> Good morning, or should I say, Ohio Goza Imasu, because it's a brand new day in beautiful Tokyo City, where you, a low level insurance broker, live, work, and oversee small claims on behalf of your employer. Low level? Will we get to level up during this adventure? You will. Yes, 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 yes. Your employer, Fujia, Fujia, and Miyagi. You've worked you've worked here for your entire adult life, ever since your father, the venerable Mr. Miyagi himself. I was going to say, I'm, I'm impressed that there wasn't a Miyagi in that title. <laughs> gave you a job working in the mailroom. Over the course of 15 years, you've worked your way up to the position of insurance clerk, stealing crumbs from the insurance table by taking on the small fry claims that your more successful colleagues deem beneath them. You're flicking through a large pile of discarded sushi lawsuits in the break room when the television <laughs> crackles into life. Good morning, says the news anchor. Or should I say, Ohayu goza imasu. Breaking news, and I mean breaking. The ancient demon Godzilla walks the earth and has emerged from the Bay of Japan to wreak destruction with his giant lizard head, his ferocious lizard claws, his enormous stomping feet, his unstoppable lashing tail, and his penis. <laughs> Evacuate the city immediately. Leave nothing behind. Go, go, before this rampaging behemoth destroys us all. The television feed cuts out, followed by the break room lights. The entire building shakes and rattles as your fellow insurance adjusters begin to panic and flee. You run to the window to see for yourself, and sure enough, there stands Godzilla on the horizon, his nightmarish form dominating the Tokyo skyline, his gnashing teeth biting the tops of buildings, his terrible claws slashing trains from their tracks, his enormous feet crushing cars on their occupants, his swinging tail toppling skyscrapers, and his penis causing some minor incidental damage as he goes. <laughs> well, this is your big chance, you think. If you can broker a successful insurance claim on even a single crushed car, you'll show your colleagues that you're a real loss adjuster and impress your father enough to make you a partner in the company. Of course, you can only broker a claim as long as the damage has not been caused by Godzilla's penis. As every Japanese schoolchild learns on day one of lessons on the Japanese law, damage caused by Godzilla's <laughs> penis cannot be covered by an insurance policy as a penis can play no part in any act that could reasonably be attributed to a god benevolent or otherwise, brackets, malevolent. <laughs> you survey the ruins of downtown Tokyo. Where will you go first? Right at his dick? <laughs> Towards the penis. Um, I want to get right in the foreskin then. Um, well, that's a long-standing fantasy of this broadcast. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that, yeah, that, that's just what you want to do. That, I mean, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's true. Maybe you get to go there in my feature. You don't get to go there. I'm sorry. Yeah. I well, don't want to plant that hope it's, in your it's, it's, it's not like I've made it clear that's what I've always wanted. <laughs> right. I've got a number of options for yeah, you. Yeah, good. I need options. A, the colossal smoking footprint that now spans the entire width of Tokyo's famous Shibuya Crossing Junction, a gaping recess into which several cars and a bus have plummeted. B, the charred offices of a damaged and teetering skyscraper, gutted by flames and threatening to collapse to the ground and decimate the entire block at any moment. Or C, a cosmetically damaged adjoining fence between two neighbouring residential properties situated roughly between Godzilla's legs and directly underneath <laughs> his penis. <laughs> Where are you going to go? 
Should we go for the big, Foot, the footprint? Big old footprint. That's what they always I, do in the films. I want to, cl- I want to be seen propping up a ladder against the side of a footprint and you, climbing down into it. That's a very astute because, like, that's you want proper foot damage insurance claims. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're covered. The, our company will appreciate the adjustment of that loss. Yeah, I that's don't. How it works? Really, isn't it? Yeah, I don't really think very hard about how insurance works. <laughs> <laughs> but these people are going to be making claims, and you got to get there and adjust them. So that they're lower. Yeah. <laughs> and they lose. And they lose. How much do you think your house is worth? Oh, no, I think it's a lot less than that. You arrive at the scene of the disaster, broken hydrants spewing water into the air, the howl of faraway sirens punctuated again and again by the bassy thud of distant ex- explosions as the monster's rampage continues in another part of town. A squadron of fighter jets screams overhead as you approach the gargantuan, foot-shaped hole Godzilla has left in the road. It must be 20 feet deep, you reckon, spying parts of the underground metro system through the wreckage. Bodies litter the ground everywhere you look. You hear a groan coming from the hole. <laughs> a survivor. She's in the driver's seat of her wrecked car, which sits upturned and on fire at the base of the crater. What do you do? A. Help her from the wreckage. Or B. Ask her if she has Godzilla insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking when you you sound really serious and I thought she has got Godzilla spunk on her <laughs> therefore she does not need help and nothing you can do will help her get insurance well um, no I think we should go and haul her out the car I want to be the best goddamn insurance broker I can be so we should ask her if she has insurance what because- if she dies after saying yes Oh no! But then maybe <laughs> Hang life on, insurance. What do we want? <laughs> if she's got Godzilla insurance and life insurance, then I think as insurance brokers, we're in for a windfall. Mm. Yes, because insurers get That's, the money in this situation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's insure this person. Okay. You crouch down to speak to her through the driver's side window. Excuse me, you say. I'm from Fujia, Fujia, and Miyagi, the <laughs> Japanese insurance firm. Uh, do, you, do you have Godzilla insurance? She turns to face you, rivulets of blood running down her cheeks to her forehead. She's upside down. Yes, she says. <laughs> I've got Godzilla insurance right here. She reaches into the glove box and removes a stack of papers before pressing a single A4 against the shattered glass. It says in plain black and white, This document covers the insured party against damage caused by Godzilla's head, claws, feet, tail, but not penis in the course of a Godzilla rampage. (laughs) Great. Now, if you can just loss adjust this woman's claim, you'll be on easy street. (laughs) A. Help her from the wreckage. Or B. Ask her how the accident happened. Uh, Maybe you should help. Do you think we help her out? Or do we think we ask... It's we best don't, to be we sure. Don't, we don't want her to bleed out from her cheeks. <laughs> but we also don't want to get our hands stained with the, the blood of somebody who hasn't got proper insurance. What if... She, yeah, and if we pull her out, she might bleed on the insurance. Exactly. Mm. So what are you doing? I think we want to assure that she has got proper insurance. We'll save her in a minute. Okay. I think yeah, okay. We are going to say we're not monsters. No. Like, um, like so Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, we're not Godzilla's. You thank the woman for showing you... We're not Godzilla's. <laughs> uh, you thank the woman for showing you her paperwork. Uh, before we can proceed with your claim, you explain, can you describe how your car came to be written off inside the recessed footprint of the monolithic demon we call Godzilla? You ask, very confident that this accident was caused by Godzilla's foot <laughs> and not any other part of him. 
She replies, Oh, this. Yes, well, funny story, actually. I was driving along this street a short while after Godzilla's foot had left this giant precipitous hole in the road, when all at once I spotted him on the horizon, his huge swinging cock bashing into street signs and storefronts like a scaly wrecking ball. Your heart sinks. I couldn't take my eyes off it, she continues, and so I drove straight into his remarkable footprint. Rats, you think. You can't loss adjust an insurance claim on damage caused by Godzilla's penis. This has been a huge waste of time. You'll have to try elsewhere. Oh, let's just go. I couldn't take my eyes off that. It was huge. <laughs> so you've got the uh, broken fence and you've got the burned out office building. I love broken fences. The broken fence under his dick? No, his tail. I think we should... No, the broken fence was the tail, was it? Okay. Uh, well, we'll get... Well, no, what I think the that building? Wasn't the building knocked down with his tail? Ah, let's go to the building. He was knocking down buildings with his tail. That might be the more... Yes. The, the uh, bountiful option for an insurance. Well, I'm all about I, bounty as an insurance yeah, hunter. And I'm pretty sure that this isn't going to be a dick-related incident either. So <laughs> no. <let's> just, <laughs> no. How likely is it that his dick took down an entire building? Oh, if he was just trying to check out the roof with his rested chin on the top of it and his dick went into a pipe. You arrive at the scene. The office block is gouged, scored across several stories by what appear to be enormous claw marks. It has partly toppled into the buildings on the opposite side of the street. The ground is littered with scorched desks and chairs, crumpled filing cabinets and a snowstorm of papers caught in the updraft of the building's fires. In the distance... A primal roar splits the air as the ancient lizard continues his rampage in some other godforsaken ward of Tokyo. A pair of tanks roll past and then, for a moment, things fall eerily silent. Through the smoke you see an office worker stumbling around, clearly in shock. Do you? A. Ask him if he knows anybody who has Godzilla insurance. (laughs) Or B. Ask him if any of his stuff got damaged by Godzilla. Ooh, two quite gonna, pertinent questions. I think. <laughs> I mean, I think. Well, I think. Well, asking both, him please, please, Bob. But if we ask him if he's got stuff and he's not insured, waste of a question. Exactly. Yeah, we've got to know if people have the paperwork first. Otherwise, okay. fuck his position. If he knows anyone who's got Godzilla insurance, yes, he snaps out of his stupor. <laughs> I have Godzilla insurance. <laughs> Everybody I know has Godzilla insurance, <laughs> from the lowliest Apple salesman to the wealthiest CEO. Nobody is immune from damage caused by Godzilla's head, claws, feet, and tail, which is why we all carry Godzilla insurance, no matter who we are. It's the Great Leveller. You can think of another Great Leveller. His name starts with God and ends with Zilla, and rhymes with Bodzilla. And he's great at leveling buildings, is what he is. But you don't want to further traumatise this poor man by pointing out the unobserved irony in what he just said. Um, would you like to ask him if he's got any stuff? Yeah. yeah. What's the only remaining option? The man frantically pats his pockets and pulls out what appears to be a smashed-up phone. Bingo! (laughs) This is a claim in the making. Oh no! He cries. Godzilla broke the screen on my Samsung Galaxy S8. And I'd just gotten it the way I wanted it. You silently hope that he had activated S-Cloud, which would back (laughs) up all of his settings for him. But you have no time for sympathy. There's insurance to be done. As much as I don't enjoy using the S8. I did appreciate when I got my insurance phone, it put everything back where it was. So, oh. yeah, that is, that is a good feature. Unfortunately, it's an pe- unresponsive piece of shit phone for cunts. <laughs> Up until that point, I was like, are we sponsored by Samsung and no one told me? <laughs> no. 
Oh, no. Google yeah, Pixels for yeah. me, baby. <laughs> Do you A, ask him if he's backed up his settings to S-Cloud, or B, ask him how his phone got broken? I've got a feeling this prick isn't getting a new phone, so let's just go straight to asking how. We should ask him how his phone got broken. Yeah. You ask the man <laughs> how his you don't know. <laughs> phone got broken. <laughs> <laughs> happen <laughs> I've got an inkling in the ruins of Tokyo <laughs> uh, glancing up you asked the man how his phone got broken glancing up at the huge claw marks across the building's facade it was definitely the claws you think <laughs> this has to be damaged caused by Godzilla's claws well it's a funny story the office worker says I was working at my desk when Godzilla tore the side of the building off Naturally, I was quite startled, so I ran for the fire exit. But as I crossed the corridor, Godzilla's enormous cock came crashing through the window like a scaly freight train (laughs) (laughs) and knocked my Samsung Galaxy S8 to the ground, smashing the screen beyond repair. Am I covered by Godzilla insurance? No, you sigh. No, you aren't. At this rate, you won't be lost adjusting any claims today. Where else could you check? To the fence. Let's go to the fence. <laughs> it's our fucking last hope to get level two insurance hunter licenses. Right. Let's go to the fence. You arrive at the peaceful suburban scene, which appears to have been largely untouched by the unstoppable tyrant, even though he looms above you yet, his vast undercarriage and unreachable ceiling three stories high. You spy Godzilla's penis gently swaying near the damaged fence. Which is still upright, not the f- <laughs> <laughs> the fence. I the mean, fence. <laughs> yeah. though it has been knocked slightly off kilter and had its baby blue paint scuffed in places. You're not sure why you wasted your time coming here. This is clearly an open and shut case of damage caused by Godzilla's penis. I you can't loss adjust this claim. The fact that you called it a painted in baby blue, I'm not sure if I'm meant to be fancying this fence right now. <laughs> <laughs> But before you can leave, a very distraught woman runs out of one of the fence-owning houses. <laughs> you know when you write something really quickly and you read it back and it's kind of funny in its construction. <laughs> the owner of this fence, madam. <laughs> the fence-owning houses. Um, and over to you. Do you want to do this? Do you want to go to A and scream or B and introduce yourself as a loss adjuster for Fujia Fujia and Miyagi? I'd like to scream. You howl in fear at the approaching woman, though she appears unperturbed by your shrieks. <laughs> Godzilla's penis, on the other hand, instinctively recoils from the sound, lurching seven feet into the air like a, like the scaly boom of some vast sailing ship before slackening again and resuming its pendulous resting state. <laughs> uh, I so want to get inside that dick. <laughs> before you can do anything else, such as go to the other option... The panicked woman begins gushing. I simply must... What's her voice going to be? I simply must make my claim on my Godzilla insurance, she babbles, like a Japanese woman, unaware that she's not covered by Godzilla insurance as the damage has evidently been caused by Godzilla's penis. My fence! My fence! My beautiful blue fence! It's ruined! Ruined by Godzilla! You sigh and place a finger to her lips. I'm very sorry, you explain. Your insurance policy only covers damage caused by Godzilla's head, claws, legs, stroke, feet, and tail, and not his penis. The penis seems to respond to its own name, swirling about almost imperceptibly like a tetherball in the wind. (laughs) 
And your fence was very obviously scuffed by Godzilla's peenie <laughs> Peenie-wa-wa. <laughs> but that's the thing, exclaims the woman. <laughs> it's a funny story, actually. <laughs> it's a funny story, actually. She produces a Polaroid picture of Godzilla's giant tail knocking her fence over. Oh. The damage was caused by Godzilla's tail. <laughs> you see. Hurrah, hooray, you say. You finally found a valid insurance claim amid the ruins of Tokyo. Now all that's left is to adjust it and claim your rightful place as a partner in your insur- your father's insurance firm. This is like a very, a very slightly rude Monkey Island subplot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to adjust it so the woman gets 50 yen or adjust it that she earns triple her claim of 5 billion yen? Oh, oh well now. Don't fall at the last hurdle. What would our father want? What does our father treasure in our personalities? Our generosity of spirit? I mean, rule number one of insurance hunting is catch it, sit on it, get it good. I think this woman is secretly our mum. It's a trick. My let's, fence. Let's my fence, my fence, my fence. Check it out. Tug at her face. See if she's wearing a mask <laughs> that is not of our mum and she is our mum. <laughs> you tug at her face. She howls in horror. <laughs> the penis flaps around again a little bit. <laughs> Seems to like that sound. Don't we all? But the woman's face is evidently her own. Give her 10 yen. Ten, five, or 50 yen. That's even less yen. Amazing. Give her 10. Oh, God, he's improvising. Shit. <laughs> I'm adjusting this loss to you, the lower limits. Hand, you hand the woman a crisp 10 yen note, <laughs> thereby dicking her out of her rightful compensation and becoming a partner in your father's company. Yes. Fujiya, Fujiya, Miyagi, and Miyagi. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you for loss adjusting your way through this terrible time for Tokyo, but a lovely time for me and my friends, i.e. you guys. Oh, we had a lovely time. Oh. It's when insurance really comes to life. Have is you when got losses that need adjusting? Things get destroyed, but in ways that are weird and not covered properly by insurance. If you do know what a loss adjuster is, feel free to explain it to me, because I'm not sure I know it's fully grasped what they do. <laughs> Regular features come Right, um, I'm going to do a feature now. It's, uh, let's feature it out big time, like it's 1990 party. Um, I. Today was on the tube, and there's a little advert on the tube, which I find slightly amusing. It's uh, some sort of thing in London where you can get two different tickets for different London attractions for a set price. And what they've done to illustrate this is they've got like a six-part image where the top of each image and a bottom, right? You'll never believe this, right? What they've done is they've got one photograph, which is the top part of the photograph, and then another photograph underneath it, which represents the bottom half of the photograph. But... You got to just get and there's six of those, so twelve photos overall. No, there's three. Okay, three, three pairs. Just this, it's it's a really out there concept, so you have to just really concentrate. But basically, it means that what you've got is you've got like the top half of one person's body, yeah. Right? But then the bottom photo is not that person's body. It's what like a it? different picture, but it matches up with the sides of their body, and they've got penguin arms. Yes, so it means that like there's half of it is a person. Like there's one I think is a boy dressed as Shrek, and then the bottom half of him is like. I think a mermaid 
Wow. It's, uh, it's really it's like out there. the island of Dr. Moreau. It's crazy. It's actually real. insane. The first time I saw this on the tube, I literally just shouted, what the fuck? Um, because, I mean, yeah. Scene. And pushed a woman onto the tracks. Yeah, whilst jogging. <laughs> um, and basically, yeah, I, 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 it was amazing. And then there was this, this one thing, there's three images. you got Shrek kid and a half as a mermaid. I think one of them is just a man but with ladies' legs, it's always... That is fucking shocking. I mean, Can you imagine unbelievable. that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Can you imagine? Any blurring of the genders. Can you imagine that? I know. I mean, it's inherently hilarious. It's, a, it's as funny as Troll and Fishwoman. Exactly. And then finally, at the end, you had a waxwork model of popular Black Eyed Pea artist, Will I Am, and for his bottom half, it's a penguin. Right. Oh... So it's like, I got to thinking, what would it be like? I know this is wacky. I know this is really out there. What would it be like if Will I Am was was a penguin? penguin. Uh, I reckon it'd be something like this. Hello. My name is Will I Am, and I am a penguin. Oh, that's the kind of thing he'd say if he was a penguin. He's not one to hide his light under a bushel. <laughs> yes. I say. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. back on script. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't no, realise we'd start. There was a script. I didn't realise we'd start the script. You, couldn't you tell by my Will I Am voice? <laughs> yes. What's my emotion here? You can do whatever Am you want. Am I like frustrated with him? I mean, I guess you could be confused or whatever so, you want. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We know that you've been a. Yes. Yes, Will I Am. We know that you've been a penguin for six years. Ever since our new AI overlords reorganised every string of data in the world into a format they decided made more sense. The alphabet didn't need W, X, Y and Z, so they just clumped it all together as just Z. Hence me, Will I Am, being categorised under the label of zoo and therefore being transformed into a penguin, arguably the best kind of animal in the zoo. Makes literally no sense. <laughs> Zoo is the only word beginning with Z. Have you ever been to a primary school? Steve. A zebra. Please. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> they live in the zoo. So yeah, please okay, don't blitz yeah, on my science fiction writing whilst we're, whilst we're in the podcast. It's a shame that the scientists who developed the sentient AI spilled a jar of green goo all over the mainframe databanks, which seeped into the chunky cardboard pages of a nearby children's book about the alphabet. As all science knows, this fusion caused a chain reaction that led to what only can be described as fucking weird shit. And that's why penguins can talk, and you, Will I Am, is now a penguin rather than a human man. Still, it could have been worse. This isn't my line. Sorry, that's your your line, Still, it could have been worse. Anyone called Andrew is now a talking apple. I've heard. It is the alphabet land. I got right into that that primary school banner that goes around the top of most classrooms. Hairy hat man. Hairy hat. H is for hairy hat man. H is for fucking Babadook or something. (laughs) (laughs) Who lives in your house. (laughs) St. Mary's School for Babadooks. Speaking of which, going back to to Andrew's now, Andrew's, everyone called Andrew's now a talking apple. And I've heard those pips hurt like a motherfucker. True. (laughs) But what an oddly fitting fate for my fellow Black Eyed Peas bandmate, Apple the App. A man who quite clearly wanted to either be an apple or an application, but sadly was robbed of the freedom of choice. 
I like how you need to see his name written down to see that it's similar to Will. I. I didn't know this man existed <laughs> until today. It's APL. DE. AP. Is that real? It's a real That's thing. real. I haven't made that up. Oh, it's not a, the German version of Associated Press. No, that <laughs> is Associated that Apple is legitimately <laughs> the name of Apple the app. Yes, I'm oh. not making that up. <laughs> Goodness. Well, he also had three full stops in his name rather than two and thus wasn't a sentient, walking, fully functional URL. That's why I'm the only penguin that can cl- you can click on, and I'll take you somewhere new. Oh boy, will I am the penguin. I'm going to click on your magical flippers. Blub, blub, blub. I am Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas, and I am now a fish, because F is for fish. I am Taboo, also from the Black Eyed Peas. I am a table, because T is for table. And now we are back from our whirlwind tour of the whole world, having fully extended the premise of this exposition like a giant wobbly telescopic rod. Can we play the voice game now? Will I am the penguin? Please? All right, then. Just let me turn away from you in my gigantic chair. (laughs) And now you can sing me a popular song. And this is the point now where you're both going to sing popular songs. Okay, Okay, okay. Right. I'm a penguin living it up Got loads of eggs and I'm making it up I've got little flippers touching you up I'm a sexy penguin, look at my butt Baby, I'm a penguin living it up I'm Stop, little- stop, that's, that's enough I've heard enough Wow, what a voice It's like you've taken the concept of singing Flip reversed it and then created an entirely new paradigm of your own That you now live inside like a tiny conceptual igloo does that mean that you like my song, Will I Am? Liked it? I'd say it's the actual pinnacle of all pop music. And I say that sincerely as a man who quite clearly devised, recorded, and heavily promoted some of the greatest pieces of music of all time. And definitely did not churn out an endless string of trite, bloopy shite. Also, I'd like to say one final thing. I really liked your song. I really liked your song. <laughs> well, wait until you hear my song, Mr. Will I Am the Penguin. I can't wait, Penguin friend, but please wait until I have turned my chair around again so I cannot see your face, as is the tradition and will of TV show The Voice. That's your song, do you want to hear? <laughs> the chair very slowly turning back around. Like, Don't come out! <laughs> Don't let me see you before you start. I'll rack it. <laughs> Pengy penguin baby Let me tell you about the penguin facts Pengy penguin baby Penguins are some flightless birds Pengy penguin baby I do not know what things you heard Pengy penguin baby Penguins are all flightless birds Pengy penguin baby We've got flippers, we're in the sea Pengy penguin baby We live in the southern hemisphere Pengy penguin the glabrous penguin is the only species that ventures north of the equator in the wild. Stop! Stop! Oh! Oh, enough! My ears cannot take any more! Any more of this musical loving. You liked my song! Liked it? No. I loved it. 
and that sincere praise comes straight from the mouth of an artist that released a song all about the explicit fact that tonight is going to be a good night, a song that no one could ever describe as being the choking death rattle of all that is good in the world, a cynical montage of feel-good buzzwords that simultaneously means nothing at all and everything to anybody on a Saturday night everywhere. You picked up the microphone and then you went out and smashed it like, oh my God. You literally smashed it just like, oh my God. Cynical, really. Will I am as the cynical one here, is he? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you shut up and get off me, you pretentious musical penguin fuck? Oh yes, I forgot that the chair I am sitting on is actually popular television sports presenter Claire Balding. I'd almost forgotten the very premise of this strange dystopia that definitely wasn't envisioned by a man who felt a bit unwell after eating too much sushi. Are you joking, banned sushi lawsuit? I I am I am, but I I also I just have one more thing to say to you, Penguin too. That was the best song that I've ever heard, and I'm not just saying that because you're a penguin, and I'm also a penguin. <laughs> he found the auto tune feature. I did. <laughs> ah, it was right. a bit of an afterthought. <laughs> I swear. I remember the days when people would have paid millions of dollars for the uh, auto-tune thing. Oh, yeah. Bloody uh, Cher. Cher. I don't think she ever recovered her losses from (laughs) life after love. (laughs) Her losses remain unadjusted to this day. Can you believe the cast of these things? Thank you for... Yeah, that was the size of an entire floor back then. <laughs> she had to go out on a window cleaning platform and scream in one end of a building. And they held so up a microphone at the other end. So it bounced through all of the servers. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for singing songs. God, will I, will I am? Yeah, what, what a horrible, cynical man. I Why love, can't I you lo- just let people enjoy things? <laughs> I, loved, I loved your emotionless voice whilst reading Will I Am, as in like he hasn't got a sincere man in his body. He is legitimately one of the weirdest, weirdest, least sincere like products of capitalism I've ever seen. If you watch interviews of him, it's quite something. Um, the way he talks about himself and the world is is borderline terrifying. But um, but also fascinating. So I'm now going to begin what could be the most epic and unstoppable feature, unless you, the readers, decide to stop me. We, I mean, we need to be able to stop the feature at some point. Well, yeah, but it's an ongoing feature, and therefore it circumvents the normal rules of not repeating a feature that are unspoken and part of the gimmick that we should, that we should never explain because it ruins the mystique. Well, regular features of the podcast, which well, is exactly the same every single week. Absolutely, yes. You must it, be bored of my Godzilla dick by now. <laughs> As I say to my boyfriend every night. <laughs> and, uh, and he never he, is. You both must be bored of me running in and trying to climb inside it. <laughs> I often find you... N- Underneath my foreskin like a big duvet. I'm just head against it. Waiting for something to go wrong so I can get the money from one of those claims. <laughs> I have started writing a sci-fi novel, but because a novel is too big to read mm. in the regular features podcast, we don't have long. Mm-hmm. I just wrote the prologue today. So I'm going to read the prologue to you. And I advise input. I advise input. I admire what I would seek say. and insist on input. Hopefully it won't be a prolapsed prologue. <laughs> I am prologue. Oh, you're prologue. Thank you for being prologue. And I hope your bumhole does fly out, inside oh, out. Thank you. Have to, and well, you, and you have to finger it all back in. You and are. then your mum walks in and thinks you're wanking. 
<laughs> as you as you howl and fright, it all comes back out again. Yeah, you go. Oh no! You inhale so hard it inflates your tummy. Well, you are very lucky that I am an, enough of a good critic to not take any of these comments into account when I rip your work to shreds. Oh. Well, I won't really. I'll, I'll probably like it. Go I'm, I'm going to piss on your kidney when it goes external. <laughs> so we get to judge how the prologue's going and whether or not we want to hear more. You are you are allowed to comment, but on Thursday we're going to do a tweet, which is also a poll, where you get to say, carry on with that story, start a new story, or stop this feature. It's no fun, we hate you. So our opinions are more of an advisory referendum. Mm. Yeah, you get to, oh, you get to sway the readers but only they can make the decision. Right. I am committed to this until I am asked to stop <laughs> or until I leave the podcast. That's what I, I say. Doing it. That's what I say all the time. Um, okay. Right. Let's, let's, let's have a go on this. Let's have a listen. Let's have a smoke. So this is my first novel genre. It is sci-fi and it is called Quantic Meridian in the wet metal zone 4545. Isn't that a sonic level? Wet metal. Wet metal zone. Nah, it'd be rough zone there. I'm a bit yeah. more sophisticated than that. Quantic Meridian decoupled from the Byzantium extraction box. The last evidence of his most recent kill getting sucked from his utility belt into the vast nest above him. This alien process is probably unimaginable to you, but if you remember those little tubes that ferried cash into the roof in larger Sainsbury's, then it was exactly like that. The extraction machine span around in a way that to you or I would look amazing, but to someone from this time period, like Quantic Meridian was of, the process was just part of the payment process for hunting the crystalline monsters that had evolved in the oxyfiltration antechambers. I already can't wait for this to get a video game spin-off. Mm. Two beryllium tetrahedrons squirted out of an aperture that would probably remind you of a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the last evidence of my most recent kill, chuckled Quantic Meridian, and pulled out a little test tube from his inside pocket. He squeaked out the tiny cork and slugged back the oily rainbow liquid in one. He felt twenty seconds of world-folding euphoria before reality reconstructed itself around him like heavy origami. Quantic belched of smoky skull and crossbones that showed how dangerous Byzantium consumption was. <laughs> Byzantium? And then, for comic relief, he farted out a smoky lasso that had just enough substance to leg up a mouse. Consuming unprocessed Byzantium was forbidden, of course, but that only goes to show what an absolute badass Quantic Meridian was. <laughs> Any feedback so far? Do you know what a prologue is? Yes, this is scene setting before the actual story happens. This is all the this is the thing that happens in the ten minutes. Before the thing James is, Bond walks on and shoots yeah, you with a gun. Quantic Meridian isn't actually the character. Right. It's like another character. And then it gets chapter one, it'll be somewhere completely different. And you'll, you'll realise at the end of the novel that actually Quantic Meridian was like really relevant, but for a reason you, you couldn't have foreseen. Mm. I love it. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I you, like, don't think, you don't think the last bit was a little tell don't show when I, said, when I just told, called you? It was a, I just said he's a massive badass. No, no, because he demonstrated it, but as you, oh, as he told us, by necking drugs, by necking drugs and belching out uh, the skull crossbones. I found and it clarified the things I were already was already thinking really hard in my own yeah, head brain because you, you showed then telled, which I think is so much more powerful than just showing. Show, 
Yeah, yeah. Tell, show, then show, then tell. Then tell again. <laughs> and then case, show it again. In case you weren't like, watching. That's why... No, and, that's why the James Bond films are very much the worst for a narrator not yeah. saying, James Bond is a spy <laughs> 20 yeah. minutes into the film. He will have sex with a woman and then and then there'll be a line of dialogue going, man, I sure do love women. Yeah. Be like that? I, yes, because women. he just had sex with a woman. Full sex. And I, I like that clarity is important. Excellent. Well, let's, let's go on further to find out how much more of a badass Quantic Meridian is. Mm. He simply had no respect for the legislative branch of the 14th Aquapolis or the half-French enforcement terminators that stamped around the streets, firing machine guns and saying, stop all forbidden activities, toot sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Meridian kicked down the door to the local alcoholopolis. The barman stopped polishing the bar, reached under the counter and pointed a big modern gun at him. Modern to him, not to you. If you pointed a gun at him from 2017, the barman would have said, Mmm, nice gun. What you gonna do? Are you gonna shoot some... mm, soup? (laughs) Then he would have realised that in his desperation to improvise a crap thing to shoot, soup wasn't all that bad. Hey, get a load of old soup shooter over here, he would laugh, unwisely building a bit and quickly wasting the goodwill of an unexpectedly better-than-average insult. Would you like to some some soup for your gun to shoot? The pleasure of watching the barman lose the room is one that you will never experience because, because you are not the kind of person who would walk into a bar with a gun. So stop acting like you are. The barman, whose name is Price Tropicana, thanks for asking, laughed and said, Quantic Meridian, you massive piece of bad shit whom I love. Come and take a seat at the bar that I run. <laughs> Suck a boy, chubby, you colossal metanonce, who is like a brother to me, growled Quantic, his lip rising warmly at one side. The mocking of masculine... <laughs> sorry. The mocking of toxic masculinity was outlawed in the year 45-45, when the governmentopolis <laughs> realised that we needed real men to wet pack, that's like jetpack in Super Mario Sunshine, into the oxyfiltration antechambers and harvest the screaming crystal animals that live in there for their blood. Real men who could turn a deaf ear to their increasingly eloquent pleas for mercy. Real men who could ignore their offers of real scientific collaboration. I'm going to fuck a lady from now a times, spat Meridian, shooting himself point blank in the nuts with a... <laughs> Before I start that paragraph, would you like some more feedback? <laughs> I like how the banter between... Uh, Prime Tropicana and Price Tropicana, Price Tropicana, Tropicana and Quantic Meridian, and Quantic Meridian. They're the, the reminiscent of Pussy, pussy Pals, pals. <laughs> very it's much. Boy Pussy Pals, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Boy I Pussy. Hate the phrase Boy Pussy. It's the, one of the few pairings of words that makes my skin crawl. I'm personally just love it. I think Quantic Meridian, Quantic Meridian, and Price Tropicana. This is the best combination of names. Well, they Price are. Price Tropicana is fucking amazing. The naming convention is the first name is a former enemy journalist, and the last name is a line on the globe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. I've only got two people. I didn't think of any more because I couldn't think of any more enemy journalists. So that's a quick. I thought you fame, just. I thought you just reversed Tropicana Price. No, <laughs> isn't it shocking? Ninety nine for the multivitamins one. It's bullshit, mate. I think I hear they keep it in vat. Zombie oranges. Mm. <laughs> I am going to fuck a lady from nower times, spat Meridian, shooting himself point-blank in the balls with a paint gun. Where is the most contemporary lady around here? 
Price pointed a gun towards a tit with a face painted on it, wobbling on top of a table like one of the jellies that you could still see in some cave paintings. Can you be more specific, please? said Quantic. So Price set his gun to nerf and fired a harmless foam dart at the nipple. Thanks, Price. You may be an awful shit, but you're also a pal, said Quantic, <laughs> happy that women were just tabletop tits these days. I'm going to sit on it and spin around until milk shoots up my ass. I'll give you some privacy, said Price, putting on a pair of glasses with two eye-sized tits glued to the inside of the lenses. Milk immediately started running down his cheeks. Cheeks. <laughs> Cheek cheeks. Cheeks. Damn, this new batch is squirty like the wolf, laughed Price. And somewhere, far away in the grand municipal juicery, Price's silent penis did backflips in a jar of brine. Eventually, it did a modern blue spunk, which rose to the surface of the salt water. A robot wasp sensed the nutrient and drifted lazily towards it. Upon drinking, it grew to the size of a football and stayed there, unable to fly away until it was picked up by a robot pterodactyl. The pterodactyl carried the bloated wasp down a lot of tunnels, and the, cara- the camera follows close behind them as the opening credits begin to roll. Regular Features Presents appears, and the pterodactyl swerves to avoid it as some John Williams music starts. <laughs> Please don't use Danny Elfman for this. I realise the bees and pterodactyls might come across a bit Eddie Azard, and this opening sequence is a bit rompy, but, Qu- but Quantic Meridian is actually a really dark satire, so no Danny Elfman. A John Blythe production appears, and the pterodactyl flies straight through the O of John. Finally, Quantic Meridian in the Wet Metal Zone 4545 appears and the pterodactyl is so impressed by the amount of text that he just stops dead. The camera, however, is still moving and bumps into his bum. Both he and the fat wasp do a fart and the camera flies on through the cave into the central chamber of the 14th Aquapolis. That's Aquapolis, which is a wet Acropolis. And where Boris Johnson is sat surrounded by dead fat wasp spunk and coated in oily rainbow monster blood. After doing a big burp, he notices the camera and says... Oh boy. <laughs> so that is the end of the prologue. Sets the scene. Do you want to see it? Do I, do I want to see a film? So I don't. Oh, th- might be a script next time. I don't think novels have <laughs> sentences like the camera follows after the pterodactyl. Camera bumps into his bum and he does a fart. I mean, it should. You should be able to draw the viewer's eye <laughs> in much the way that films do. Well, I just think. Everyone knows all that stuff. You only need a few words to evoke things these days. So yeah. like, you can convince people they're watching a film by writing a book. Can you imagine if, if in a Stephen King novel he said the camera pans across the room <laughs> <laughs> in a spooky way? <laughs> I in a spooky way that scares you. <laughs> I felt like it, it was painting pictures in my head, mind, and I loved it. The pterodactyl with the robot. I the pterodactyl is a robot. It's a robot pterodactyl. It is a robot that has been programmed to retrieve the robot wasps, which are the spunk harvesters. I thought it was a fat cummy bee, but it's a wasp. Oh, yeah, it's a wasp. Sorry, bees are too nice. Bees are probably going to be in a war with the wasps. Um, Right, yeah. I don't see how, because he's taking it into the caves, how is he... Are the credit is the credit sequence a physical object in the world that that apparates in front of It's like... What accounts for that? Space Harrier, you're flying through the uh, Forbidden Zone, yeah. And you can shoot if you the imagine credits. the credits, 
it's, actually, it's the kind of thing they've probably done at Marvel, isn't it? Steve, you're asking a lot of questions here. It's fiction. It's the, the credits pop in and the pterodactyl has to react to them. It, it swerves to avoid a regular features production. It goes through the O of John Blythe Presents. Yeah. And then it's so overawed by the title, it just stops still. So this is, it is like the ending of Starwing, where you can shoot the credits. Yes. So like, they exist in world. Oh, yes, they absolutely exist in world. Like the end of the fourth or fifth ending of Near Automata as well, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, that you've answered all my questions very well. <laughs> Am I commissioned by you two? When are you going to review it in CM? When it's completed, and not a moment sooner. <laughs> I want more Quantic Meridian. I'm hoping that Price Tropicana will play an appearance. Does it? If we if we keep voting going for to be a- the continuation of of the Quantic Tropicana Quantic Meridian saga, and it will be a multi book deal. <laughs> If, if by this, I should have written a full book by the end of episode three hundred and forty. Well, does it preclude <laughs> you doing anything else on the podcast? Maybe a week break could be an option in the Twitter poll. Yeah, <laughs> take a, take a break, log. Because <laughs> I think I might grow tired. <laughs> That's the test. Yeah. I'm committed to tiring out the readers on this one. Oh, thank you, log. <laughs> we disenfranchise our entire audience. <laughs> <laughs> Till the point where they literally press a button saying, make it stop. I'm Gandalf and I put a spell on you because you're mine. The minds of Moria, that is. <laughs> regular Features. Anyway, that was Regular Features, the podcast that is exactly the same every week. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? No one and knows if what it's worth. worth a pound a month or a pound an episode, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features. Yeah. And then us babies here will know what we're worth. To one you. pound to you. One sweet pound. Also, uh, live shows. We've got a live show in uh, September and um, the live, There was the a other lot months. of new faces at the last live show and I loved it. it yeah. Great. Yeah. We've got a lot of fun meeting the people at Canal Cafe Theatre in Maida Vale. We're on 7.30 on the first Monday of September, which I think is September 4th. We'll be doing a live show. You can go to canalcafetheatre.com and you can find tickets for that. They're always such good fun because we always hang out with the people afterwards and I always get a bit smashed. I get fucking hammered. Like, you get so hammered and tactile. I've it's ha- like, I'll, t- I'll touch you. My boyfriend will stand there and look a little bit annoyed. Mine, mine doesn't even look annoyed. He just, oh. he's just surfs it. Right, recently he, knows he, he knows going out with me is important, more important than his own happiness. Yeah. So well, he'll, he'll deal with whatever I do. They know their places. That's sweet. That's sweet. It's, it's nice. It's yeah. nice, that position of power. Really nice, yeah. yeah nice. Well, thanks for <laughs> listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.